Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Uh, Larry's with me. He's having a little technical difficulty. He's down in West Palm Beach, Florida, suffering, uh, as you can imagine. Um, but he's got an iPad and a USB mic down there, and it is giving us fits. Of course, we did a uh, a uh, we did a test, you know, because we're broadcast professionals here, and uh, we did a test, and everything was fine. It was working perfectly. And then about 10 minutes to airtime, it all went to shit. And so now he's relocating uh, inside the house, trying to get somewhere else to see if the damn thing's actually going to work. But it sounds like he's in a giant warehouse, uh, which, you know, is, is a little uncomfortable for the viewing audience. And, it, of course, you know, we had that giant cluster last week. So um, so we're trying right now. Uh, he's moving around. I'm going to try to bring him back in and, and see what it sounds like. And if y'all want to, if y'all want to keep going, we'll keep going. And if you tell us if it sucks and we can, sh we'll shut it down and try again next week. Um, let me go ahead and bring in our friends here at, uh, Pittsburgh power. Um, <clears throat> you are, we are brought to you by Pittsburgh power. Uh, we are distributors for the OPS and the max mileage fuel borne catalyst. So make sure if you're talking to Pittsburgh power, you let them know where you heard us about them here on the blue ribbon podcast and uh check out all of our social media um our tiktok uh, i've been doing youtube shorts um which has got some traffic going and um so we're trying that to try to get the uh the uh engagement up a little bit uh we've still got some trucks open so you know if you have the uh if you have the add the right attitude and you're interested in um, learning how to do business in a difficult environment right now is the time you can, you can learn on the fly, uh, because it's, you know, I think the next two or three months are going to get pretty hairy and pretty interesting. So, um, you guys bring on your comments and questions. Uh, I'm watching Larry down here in the, in the, uh, green room, try to get his stuff together. So, uh, we didn't have much of a topic planned for tonight, you know, Larry being on vacation. Um, we've just been doing what we do. Uh, the TikTok has brought about some interesting perspectives, you know, uh, of course you only get, you know, 30 seconds to a minute to three minutes. And then people go in and listen to about five seconds in it and, you know, drop some nonsense in the comment section. Um, but, uh, it looks like Larry's getting dangerously close. So I'm going to try to bring him in here and see what happens. <laughs> There he is. Y'all are witnessing witness audio video professionalism at its finest. Happen in real time. Give me a check one, two, three. Check one, two, three. Got a little cracking noise going in there somehow. A little crackly. But you look great. You know, you look you look like you're rested and, and enjoying Florida, even though you mm -hmm. may sound a little rough. Let's make sure that iPad cable is not being pulled one way or the other. Maybe that's where a little crackling noise is coming from. No, everything is, nothing's being pulled. Yeah, we're getting some, we're getting some really crackly. Really? I don't hear anything in my ear. I mean, like I hear you, but hear me, but I don't hear any noise. Okay, well, I'm going to pull you back out. What I want you to do is... Um, here's what I want you to do in this order. I want you to close the browser. 
I want you to unplug the uh, the cord. I want you to restart the iPad, then plug in the cord, and then open the thing back up. And I will right. I will keep the audience entertained while you uh, take care of that. All right, one. Let's talk about Love's truck stop tire pass. They will they will not air up a tire that's under eighty pounds. That's pretty standard. Um, you know, for a lot of people, standard air pressure is a hundred pounds and, um, 80% of that they consider flat. And I think what they're concerned about is if a tire is flat and they, and they air it up and it explodes, you're going to say, Oh, well, Hey man, I, I, I filled it up at loves. And, and so, um, and, and you just got to understand under inflation kills tires not overinflation. So when you're driving down the road and you see those gators laying along the road and you think that it's because of, um, you think it's because of recaps or bad tires, that's under inflation. And so if you run a tire down to 75, 80 PSI, um, and you run it for very long, it's pretty much junk. It's going to explode, uh, sooner rather than later. Um, so you've, you know, if you're an owner operator, um, the $400 that you'll spend on a tire pressure monitoring system, um, uh, is well worth the money. And Rocky is also saying, uh, it's also a liability issue. The guy for the guy feeling the tire, if, if you've compromised those sidewalls by running that tire flat, uh, for a long period of time, and it's built up a ton of heat. Um, and then you go to try to put a hundred pounds of air in it, it could blow up in his face. So that's probably, uh, more accurate. So, um, you got to stay on top of those tire pressures and the tire pressure monitoring system that we use is called TST truck systems technology. The best place I have found to get that is a website called techno RV. Um, it's about 400 bucks, I think. And then, depending on how many sensors you need. We run super singles, so we need six sensors for a, um, for a uh, tractor. Um, but you need eight sensors if you – two, four, six, eight, ten. You need ten sensors for a, uh, um, for a set of duels. But, or the best scenario, if you're going to run duels, is to get six sensors like you would have super singles, but put crossfires or cat's eyes on one. Um, so that you have one point of contact on each of those duels and that cat's eye will help keep the pressure regulated in between those two tires. Uh, but duels are bad. Duels are terrible. Don't run duels. They suck. They're awful. I hate duels with a passion. I ran duels up until the time I came to work for Larry in 2018 and I will personally never have anything but a super single. So, um, <clears throat> let's go on to Evan. Evan, how many trailers from Landstar are put out of service whenever you guys hook up? Do you get them repaired at Love's Pilot and TA? Um, how many? Well, I'm put out of service by me. It's not very often. I mean, I'll do a pre-trip and I'll check everything. Um, Landstar has a thing called Trailer 911. So if you are a BCO and you, you know, maybe you get into a drop yard and there's a bunch of empties and you see one and it's out of out of compliance or something, you can send them an email. They'll send somebody out there to do that. Uh, we do get them uh, repaired wherever loves pilot TA that's determined. If Landstar owns the trailer, it's obviously determined by them. Um, and, uh, good luck to you. 
because uh, it can be a process. All right, here we go. We're going to try again. I'm going to bring you back in. Give me a check one, two, three. Check one, two, three. It's, 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 it's passable. It's, it's not great, but we can live with it, I think. We'll let the audience decide. Um, where's the mic at? Straight in front of me. Why don't you bring it up a little bit closer? <clears throat> How's that? Absolutely no different. So that tells me that I don't think the mic's working. I think I think you're talking through the iPad microphone. Um, John says it sounds better than last week, and we had all the equipment then. So, but if I turn this mic off, that go away. You you can't hear me, right? I can hear you. You can. Yeah, because you're because you're talking into the iPad mic. Was you might have to hit that one? little settings button and make sure that it's got your 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 Yeti. Well, on there. when I go to settings, it says audio. I, oh, there you go. It does say that. <laughs> it's not giving me an option, Chris. It's not, it's not seeing the other one. Hang on. Let's okay. do this. Nope. It's not giving me an option. All right. Unplug it. Plug it back in. Now, you're using Safari, right? No. I'm using iOS. Well, that's what I meant. The Safari browser. Okay. Something All changed. Right. Yeah. We're a little better now. We're getting closer. It's still not seen. It's it's only giving me an option of the iPad microphone. Okay. Did you restart the iPad? I did. Huh. And then you plugged it in before you opened the browser. Correct. Okay. Well, what might be happening is that maybe that little adapter is bad. Maybe unplug the adapter, turn it up 180 degrees, and plug back in. Uh, John Reynoldson, you shut your filthy mouth. We wouldn't have this problem with Windows. Um, this wouldn't work with Windows. Okay, so you just uh, you just you just need to stop and hush. Well, I can't uh, I can't get an option on the other mic. So, <laughs> all right. Well, y'all y'all tell me uh, if you can handle Larry sounding how he sounds, um, and uh, we'll just keep on going. Um, I, uh, I've answered a couple of questions here. Do, do, what, what do you have on your mind from the Sunshine State of Florida? Well, I don't see any comments either. Uh, well, you should see comments over on the right side. I don't. Well, they should be there. Boy, this is, this is broadcast excellence, y'all. I can't, y'all, y'all be privileged that you get to be a part of such a uh, fantastic operation. It says I'm in the show and I see me, but I don't see comments and also don't have the banners in the, the and now, stuff. And now head. it's choppy, really, really bad. So I don't know. I think either I'm going to have to go solo or we're just going to shut it down and try again next week. Maybe what if I just turn, what if I just go through my phone? We could try. Oh, I tell you, let's try this. Let's try this. I did this once. Mute the iPad. Press mute on the screen. Okay. And then use your phone. Turn the video off on your phone and use your phone as a microphone and hold it up. Just like a microphone like that. Listen, we're problem solvers here, people. I can't hear you. You muted yourself. Do I have to have my phone unmuted? 
your phone will have to be unmuted, but you want to turn the video on the phone off. Um, <clears throat> we are we're problem solvers here. Uh, we will keep digging until we get to a solution because that's how we do things here. But when it comes to technology, sometimes I, I have to lead him gently away from the cliff. So uh, somebody give me another question and I'll answer it while he's, uh, he's messing around with his phone. Um, Evan said, we need to get Larry those big airline pilot headphones. I agree with that. He, does, he, would, he would be better off with a good set of headphones. Okay, Streamer wants to access my camera yep. and microphone. Yes, but, Allow, then turn okay. the, but then turn the camera off. Okay. All right, now enter. Okay. All right, we're getting there. All right, let me see if I can hear you through the phone. Well, that's not... Oh, okay, check how one, about now? Check one, check one. That's a whole lot better. It ain't great, but I'm going to okay. give it about a C plus. All right. So you can talk into the phone and you can look into the iPad. And we, ladies and gentlemen, have solved the problem. Kind of. I still can't kind of. see any comments. Okay. Well, I'll put them on the screen. Uh, you'll have to trust me that I'm going to get the good ones. <clears throat> and let's start with Luke Getwaza. Hey, Luke. We had a good conversation with Luke the other day. Um. How do you prepare your truck for the winter? Um, <clears throat> Take it to Florida. <laughs> stay the hell down there. Now, you, I'm going to tell you, you're probably going to have to hold, stay right up on that phone. Okay, like this? Yeah. Um, we don't really do anything super special. Um, we have a service schedule where we do um, the air, air dryer service every 100,000 miles. Um, and so as long as you have a properly functioning air dryer, that's going to relieve a lot of your problems. We have our guys carry some, um, diesel anti-gel to put in when the temperatures are low. Um, but other than that, you know, the main thing is as a driver, making sure you've got some extra blankets or maybe some candles or a little heat or something in the, in the weird event, you would get stuck somewhere and the truck wouldn't run and you would need heat. Um, but that's a lot of, it's just pr driver preparing good gloves, good boots, some food. coveralls, um, food, 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 water. And water. Um, that those are the big things, uh, that you need to, uh, have, but the truck really, I mean, other than making sure your air system is keeping the water out, really not much to do the, they're, they're pretty much good from zero to a hundred. <clears throat> Uh, Evan, why do you guys use super singles? <laughs> well, Can I answer that? yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Cause it saves money. Evan, everything we do is about the bucks. Okay. Uh, it, uh, super singles are cheaper to maintain. They're get the best fuel mileage and we don't have, um, maintenance issues with drivers ignoring the inside dual. So, um, it's, um, and, and there's no, and th th there's no reason not to, the only reason we ever hear and we hear it every time is, well, if it goes flat, I can't limp in. 
And uh, I can go through the charts and numbers with you and show you how much money you can save in fuel by running the best uh, wide base single that has the lowest rolling resistance. And if saving $22,000 in the course of three years, you can't afford to call a road service, you got bigger issues besides what tire you're running. Mm -hmm. And that's the most common objection. Well, if I've got a single, I can't limp in. Well, number one, limping in is illegal. Okay. If you get caught limping in, you're going to sit there and wait. Um, but in the, all the years of we've running super singles, how many blowouts have you had? Three? Two that I can think of. And one of them, we know why, because the driver in it before me ran it down to 65 PSI. Right. We had, well, so there was one, and then we had two. The, 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 the first one that we experienced with me here, I believe, was a tire defect. Uh, no, it was a wheel. Remember it blew. And then like a month later, it blew again and we put a new wheel on it. The problem was, I think it was a wheel issue. You're talking about that truck down Texas. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think it was I, a wheel problem. Yeah. I thought you were talking about me personally. But well, I was just thinking us in general. I know you yeah. had that. Well, and you had that guy had one blow, um, when he was driving it at the, like, blew it but, but think about how many miles we put on, these tires, I mean, we run 125,000 miles a year times 10, 12, 14 trucks. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it, it's, you, you can't, you can't make, de uh, decisions on exceptions, you know, and, and, uh, the exception, the thing, look, everybody blows tires. Okay. Duels blow. They're all over the road. I see them every day and drive out there. Mm -hmm. Um, um, the bottom line is, it's easier to maintain one tire than two. Okay. Especially if you put drivers in your trucks. Okay. And, um, the, the tire you see on the side of the road used to be an inside dual. And, uh, and when, and then when it blows, you end up having to buy two anyway, because if you have a big difference between the tread depth in that one and the one you left on there, you're going to blow it too. Mm -hmm. So, and two singles cost more than one or two dual tires cost more than one single tire. So mm -hmm. it, it, the numbers just don't add up. The fuel, the fuel mileage is the primary reason. Okay. Um, everything else is secondary, but, uh, there's, there's very, I don't even know a tire that gets exactly the same fuel mileage, the lowest rolling resistance that we get on a, on a, on a wide base Michelin X-Line Energy D2 mm -hmm. tire. And like we say, why do we do something? Because this guy says to, you know. Yeah, that, I used, back in the day when I was driving, you know, I would, I'd be fueling up and some truck driver come up to me and he'd, you know, he'd take his hat and but um, he'd chew a little bit and, you know, he, you, you see him looking at me he, and, he, and he's trying to phrase his question. And his question was, is your company make you run them things? <laughs> <laughs> and then when I tell him, no, I chose to put them on there. Well, it completely freaks them out. Then they just <laughs> look down at the ground and stomp on, you know. Um, everything we do, we do because the numbers say that it is to our advantage. If it didn't, we wouldn't. Just like the guy with the trailer last week. 
if trailers saved money, we'd have a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. They don't. Neither do dual thing, dual tires. Okay, so that's the reason, <clears throat> and that's the only reason why. Yeah. <clears throat> now I have learned to love singles for other reasons than just the money. You know, um, the ease of maintenance. Um, they're much more. They're much easier to maintain than a set of duals. Um, but that's a side benefit of uh, of doing of making the decision for the money. Um. So speaking of making decisions for the money, Juan asks, what's your speed, 65 or 70? Neither. Our speed, neither. Our speed is based on um, what the necessary, what's, what's necessary for that moment. Um, if I've got time and I don't have to rush, I'm going to run 60-62 because the truck is going to uh, get the best fuel mileage between 57 and 62 miles per hour. And when fuel is $5 a gallon, one mile per gallon is a big deal. It's thousands of dollars a year that you would spend by simply making the decision whether to drive 57 or 77. Now, we don't have blanket uh, rules here in that sometimes, um, things happen and I've got to step on the gas to make the load delivery. Um, if I miss the delivery, it's not going to matter how much, how great my fuel mileage was if I'm not delivering on time. So there's no real blanket answer to that. And our trucks aren't governed. Um, but we expect drivers to make good decisions. Well, let's go into the reason why 58 to 62 is our number. We spec our trucks to get, the, the the best the sweet spot for these diesel I mean these Detroit twelve sevens and fourteen liters are between twelve fifty and thirteen twenty five RPMs. So we make sure we buy a truck that's spec'd so that when it's going from twelve fifty to thirteen twenty five RPMs, it's doing about sixty to sixty two miles an hour. Because right. that's where we get the that's where we want to drive. So the answer to your question is we drive as slow as we can and still deliver the freight on time. Um, because what is your number one cost? And so the slower you drive, the less of that you use. And the less of that you use, the more money you make. And then you're not on Facebook selling your truck and getting out of trucking because you can't make it because fuel prices are too high and rates are too low. Right. So it all comes down to fuel mileage. It all comes down to fuel mileage. So if you got to drive 77 miles an hour, 70 miles an hour, because that's the way you want to drive, you're robbing yourself of fuel mileage. I mean, it's just physics. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. They haven't, the laws of physics hadn't changed in my lifetime. And so the slower you drive, the better fuel mileage you get. But on the other side of the coin, we have to deliver freight. So if we're in a situation, now we don't let shitty trip planning cause us to have to drive fast. We address that. If you're having to drive 70 because you didn't trip plan properly, and you didn't drive as much as you should have drove last night, and now you're behind the eight ball, and now you got to drive like a bat out of hell to get there. That's that's your fault. That could be corrected. That's right. addressable. So the, uh, so the 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 answer you're looking for doesn't exist. Every situation re- re- involves critical thinking. That's what we try to teach our guys to do here. Now sometimes it's hard because they don't have the the foundation. They were taught by first of all, they were taught in probably a government school. And then they were sent to a fleet and trained to be a robot. 
So then we have to come here and undo all that and go, you know what? You have the ability, you have the gray matter between your ears to make these decisions on your own. You've just never been asked to do it before, you know, and it's easier for somebody to tell you, oh, well, we're going to drive 62. Then you don't have to make the decision. It's easier for you to ask your GPS how to get there. And you don't have to make the decision. We don't do that here. We teach critical thinking. We teach how to do the right thing at the right time for the right reasons. And it might be a different answer every day you ask that question. So we don't, we don't do things that like that. We, we teach our guys how to make the right decision. And the right decision is the one that spends the least amount of money. Yeah. Here's That's my how we favorite. stay in business. Here's my favorite when it comes to super singles. Uh, Kelly says, how do you feel about super singles on snow and rain? My limited experience with super singles on snow is they are terrible. They get on top of the snow and spin. Well, I've been driving trucks since 1997. I stopped counting at however many million miles I got, probably three or four million, I guess. Um, I never drove a super single until I started driving for Larry and that's all I've driven since. And I can't tell the difference. And my um, dedicated run that I did here for about four years was in upstate New York and Pennsylvania. And I drove on a lot of snow and a lot of ice and a lot of rain. And I, honestly, I can't, I can't tell any difference whatsoever. So, um, remember I started out in 2000, I bought my first truck in 2009 in June and for the next four and a half years, almost five years, I drove that truck every day from Indianapolis to Carlisle, Pennsylvania and back. And then on the weekends, I drove from Indianapolis to Youngstown, Ohio and back. Now, Ohio, Indiana, Pennsylvania, year round, I saw my share of snow. I, two times, two times did I have a service failure for being late with the low weather related. Two times. Every, every, for another, the other four and a half, 1.8 million miles, I didn't have a problem delivering the freight. So I don't see that. I didn't see it. I wasn't an experienced truck. I only started driving truck in 2008. So I had a one year experience on duels and the rest of my years on singles. Um, so I, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of myth in, in this industry. You know, well, he said this, or she said that, or I did this, or I did that. I don't know the answer to that. Maybe, maybe you, maybe you weren't, maybe, listen, all singles, just like everything else, are not created equal. Maybe you had bad tread design. I've always run the, the, the energy, whatever this current model is, Michelin. That's all I've ever run. And I've never had that problem. Now, listen, there's not any tire that goes on ice. I don't care what it is. No tire goes on ice. Singles aren't any different than a duel on ice. They all can't do it. But snow, I, I never had a problem. I never got stuck. I never wrecked the truck. I never had, I never had any issues in, in, in well over one and a half million miles. So, um, All right. So next comment, Robin. I know Chris recommends the box that changed the world. Uh, he's talking about uh, uh, there's a book, the book Mark Levinson yeah. called The Box, the shipping container that – made the world smaller and the economy bigger. Um, cost, have you caused Putin to, enter, to invade Ukraine? <laughs> uh, have you or Larry ever read the richest man in Babylon? Greatly appreciate the wisdom I get from you to keep up the great work. Um, I have I not. I think, 
I think Zeke just read that and was telling me about it. Uh, but I need to, it might even be in my audible list. I might have to check that out. Um, but the box is a great book. It just, it just helps you understand the industry that you're in. That you've chosen to be in. Yes. Yeah. And it makes you understand your part of the industry. Yeah. Uh, And how you're just a small chain or or link in a very, very long chain. Um, So, yes. Uh, Evan asked, do you run super singles on your flatbed division? I've seen Maverick run them on their, on their trucks. Um, We do not. um, And that's, pretty much because our flatbed division is run by Phil and Phil wants duels. And so they're his trucks. (laughs) So we, well, no, that's actually not true now because uh, the one truck pulling the Conestoga has singles on it. So kind of now the trailer, they're all duels, but we don't own the trailers. So we don't really have the say in what goes on there. I mean, all I, I can tell you this, if I owned a trailer, I wouldn't hesitate to put, singles on it you know that's probably the best position that's the position that affects your fuel mileage the most right so absolutely if we own trailers we'd have singles on okay uh all right i think that does it for that that's so that's all the comments so do you have anything that was that's been on your mind as you've been escaping to florida that you you there really hasn't been too much on my mind um because I left my mind at home. Um, I wish I left my phone at home, but I can't do that. Uh, no, no. I mean, uh, look, I've got a great, I got a great team. Um, I'm fortunate in that I've worked myself in a position where I have guys like Chris and Seth and Phil who, uh, who take over things and run them very, very well in my absence. And so I, um, I'm very thankful for that. We and even run him really well when he's here. And that's true too. Probably run him better when I'm there because <laughs> I still stay out of the way, but I do keep an eye on though. I, I have to every once in a while, yeah, I just intervene, you know, and, and yeah. uh, say, what are we doing here, guys? Let's- hey, he's the numbers guy. You know, he, he gets into them quick books and, you know, I, I don't think that the numbers guy is a flattered, uh, it, it intends to be a compliment. I've come to that conclusion that, that's not intended to be. That's not a, not a nice thing that, that people well, call. Well, listen, I'm going to tell you this. I've had a little video idea for a, for a YouTube or a TikTok. Yeah. And I was thinking today, I need Larry to get in and get me some numbers, you know. So I'll, I'll have an assignment for you to dig in there. You know, l- let's, just, let's just talk about that for a minute. The numbers guy. I, I, find it, I find it very interesting that in the trucking business, somebody would call somebody the numbers guy as a derogatory remark. You know, right. the industry where nobody knows how to run a business. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I I bet you that when you get a, a convention of McDonald's owners around, I bet they don't have one to pick out and go, well, he's a numbers guy over there. <laughs> That's a great point. I, I bet they're all numbers guys. What do you want to bet? I bet they are. I, yeah. I bet every CEO in the world is a numbers guy. What do you think? You think people, you think people run, you think Elon Musk is a numbers guy? Mm-hmm. You know, hey, what do you think those Twitter people are that he's shit cannon left and right? <clears throat> well, you know, you've always told this story about being at the dry cleaners and, and customer comes in and says, you must be the owner, you know, yeah. happened and, several uh, times, by the way, I, uh, I found us a new place to eat, uh, in the Valley. Now I'm on reserve because they say they're known for their hot dogs, but mm, really, we'll find out 
whether they're known for their hot dogs when Larry gets there. Okay. The Um, the challenge is is laid down, but it's a little sports bar, but that, you know, they've had some really good burgers and and stuff. But when I went in there the first time, this guy walks up and, and I can just tell, I'm like, so you're in charge, you know, just instantly. I knew it was without a shadow of a doubt. This guy was not an employee. He was in charge, you know? Um, and there was no, no doubt, uh, in my mind because you could just tell how he interacted with the customer, who he was. So what were the symptoms? First of all, the fact that he interacted with the customer would be the first one. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, that, that would be just, number one. It, it was just, you know, um, instantly, Hey, how, how are you doing? Uh, yeah. what can I get for you? There's no hesitation. Yeah. Uh, there was, there was no, I've always hated going to restaurants. I, of course, I wouldn't want, I've seen these people that go in and you have to, they have to change everything about your dish to suit them. Now, I don't, I'm not talking about being one of those people. No, as uh, long as they bring you a bowl of ranch dressing, you're fine. Exactly. A bucket, bucket of ranch dressing. You're easy to please. I am. Um, but it does, I do hate it when if I could just make a little change, you know, hey, can I add a little bit of this to that? And it might not be the way it's listed on the menu, and they right, look at right. you like, "Why would oh, you I'm want to?" Sure if I'm allowed yeah. to do that, well, I'm going to give you permission because I'm paying the bill. So I want you to go ahead and just add yeah. that to it, and I'll yeah. pay you. Oh, you'll pay me for it? Well, yeah. Well, the difference is um, employees aren't empowered to make decisions, and owners are. Right now, you're not an owner. But I, a lot of that's a lot of that is the fault of the management. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to have a bunch of robots around you that don't have any power to make any decisions, then you better stay close by, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, or you're going to piss off a lot of customers. You know, you ever been to a place where that they the scanner wouldn't work and they couldn't say something? Mm-hmm. We can't say this. We it won't read. Okay. Now, do you think the owner would say that? You know. You think the owner would figure out a way to sell that to you, but the employee just, ah, fuck it. It's, you know, <laughs> well, you know, we, I think we've talked about this time or two where, you know, when Larry walks into a room, he's very engaging. He's very upbeat. He's got a smile on his face. I unfortunately have resting bitch face. So I'm, I'm, I start off. My face says all kinds of stuff before my mouth ever has an opportunity to. But the best example of this is we went into this. I took Larry to a barbecue restaurant in Taste Valley and we walk in and I mean the whole, there's what, six or eight of us. It was a big, might've been. Yeah, we, we had a, we had a, a big class. We had a lot of reviewers. We had, we had a, a lot of, a lot of, of our drivers came by we had eight or 10 people. Yeah. So we walk in the door, the whole crew's not in the front door and she goes, we can't take credit cards. Yeah. And Larry just smiled and well, oh, okay. Okay. Uh, well, we don't have any paper in the printer and we can't take credit cards. And Larry's like, oh, well, okay. And I mean, I guess she's just waiting for us to say, okay, well, I guess we'll go somewhere else that. Well, because everybody else did, because we're the only people in the restaurant. Yeah. yeah. Everybody, they'd run everybody else off. I mean, y'all, this is easily, I mean, 10 or 12 people. This is easily a couple hundred dollars, 150, $200 check, probably, you know. And the restaurant was full of, with nobody there. With nobody there. And so it's so this lady's flabbergasted and Larry goes, I'll tell you what, how about we sit down and eat and you see if you get your printer 
to get your uh, machine hey. working. And if the machine's not working by the time we're done eating, I'll go down to the ATM and get some cash. Like the seas parted. She's like this, this must be the smartest man that's ever lived. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <clears throat> she was ready to run off a $150 ticket. Um, you know, because, well, I, I have a problem and I can't solve it. So, um, y'all just gonna have to go down the road. It just blows me away, but we suffered through it and we both, we got the barbecue <clears throat> and we paid the bill. How about that? And I think they ended up getting the paper before we left. Cause I don't think we went and got cash. No, you so. did. No, I didn't did? go that. Okay. Can. Okay. Yep. All right. <clears throat> hummingbird logistics i would like to know when is your next free your mindset meeting when is our next free your mindset <laughs> meeting larry uh, that's a good question um see every time there's a free your mindset meeting larry frees his mindset from it and says he's never gonna do it again guys it's a lot of work okay it is a lot of work um and it's 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 very expensive to do you know I, I listen. I loved. I loved it. We. We. I mean, it's. It's what we do here every week. You know, we. Right. We. What we do there is no different than what we do here every week. It's just one big, one big meeting, and you've got other people that interact with. But we do uh, prepare. Wait a minute. We do prepare more for the event than we do these podcasts. Let's say that. Well, that's that's true. That's true. <laughs> and when that's what's wrong. I mean, I spend weeks, you know, putting together slides and graphs and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, after I do one, um, uh, I, I, I say this is my last one, you know, but by the time next summer rolls around, I'm sure I'll probably be ready to do it again. I'm really thinking about changing the format though, honestly. I mean, look, I'm getting, I've said, I've saw, I've used all the words that I have. I don't have any more words. Um, and there's people out here that, that do have words that are different than mine and, so I'm thinking that we might broaden it a little bit and, and let other people take part in it um, and, and it not just be me um, doing the whole thing. So we'll see. I mean, we'll, we'll probably do something, you know. Um, it, it, the, the, the problem is this, okay? To make, it, to make it worth doing, we need to have a, a lot of people there, okay? Mm-hmm. So to have a lot of people there, you have to do a whole lot of marketing, okay? Mm-hmm. And you have to you have to have a, a nice facility. Now, listen, we got lucky this year. You talking about talking about being uh, empowering your employees? I mean, uh, the hotel that we use now all the time they have they they've taken us in like family. And um, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn here, but they 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 paid for the entire event uh, uh, venue. Mm-hmm. Paid for the whole. Of course, we put these people in their hotel, but still, I don't. It it, it it was significant. Now, the only problem with it is it's in Hurricane West Virginia, and even though it was there, you know, we had fifty people there, and it was a nice little group and everything. But if we'd had it in Louisville or Indianapolis or Columbus, we probably could draw a lot more people. And and of course, the more people we draw, the the cheaper we can make it. And the more people yeah. draw, the more worthwhile it is for me to do it. And I'm a numbers guy. Remember that? So mm-hmm. if I see the numbers are going to be substantial, I might work a little harder, you know? So it, it just kind of all, it, it's just a vicious cycle. You know, I, it, it's hard to do one of these things and lose money and you can lose money. Now, um, 
if y'all want to pay a thousand dollars a piece, we'll have it at the wind gate. We got a space for about 10 people. And if y'all want to pay a thousand, fifteen hundred bucks a ticket, Hey, right, listen, well, listen, what were you going to have to pay Dave Ramsey to go here? Listen to him. 7,500 bucks. 4,400 bucks. There you go. I'll take 10 people at the wind gate for 4,400 bucks for yeah. the weekend. Yeah. And I'll Here's tell you, I'll, listen, I'll, I'll tell you everything you want to know. Okay. You are neither Jordan Peterson or Dave Ramsey. So that's pretty much out in the trouble. Right. Um, so because of that, we have to make it worth what I'm giving you. And it's probably not going to be 4,400 bucks. So, yeah. John Reynolds said the event is great. And so is the after party. Well, <laughs> we are good at partying. That's for sure. Um, <clears throat> Brian McElroy. I just passed one year driving with Schneider on a dedicated count out and back to stores from 300 to 600 miles in a sleeper cab. Is that sufficient OTR experience for Landstar? It is. And if it's dollar general, I know it's made a truck driver out of you because you absolutely know how to back in and out of places. If you did that for a year, um, or family dollar, I guess. Um, yes, that is, that is sufficient in a sleeper truck. Uh, more than whatever the number is, 375 or 400 mm -hmm. miles a day. Yeah. Uh, but that is, that is sufficient OTR experience for Landstar. Brian, you need to reach out to us at, put the banner up there, Chris. And, uh, cause the best way to become a BCO is through our program. Don't go buy a truck. Please don't go buy a truck. Please don't. And, uh, come Especially here and let us, let us show you how to do this right and give yourself a chance to prepare for it. And then go buy the right truck and pay cash for it. So we can save you. If you want to come to Landstar, we can sure save you a um, a lot of headaches. So yeah. especially coming from Schneider. So yeah, yeah, get out of the robot training. That, that's uh, that's hard to do. <clears throat> yeah, and I want you and Brian, listen to me carefully. I want you to stay as far away from the Schneider Finance Office as you can possibly. Absolutely. Do. Okay, just walk on down the hall. And, and, and they're like those, they're like those people in the mall with those servers. Hey, come on in. No, 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 no. Just keep walking. Just keep walking. Just, just stay have you, far, far away. Have you heard about Dead Sea? No, I've heard about it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want any from it either. Okay. <laughs> yeah, not just the Schneider finance office. Stay away from all finance offices yeah. and all lease companies. Okay. Yeah. So no, no. don't do that. Okay. Don't do that. That's a huge mistake. I have a, I have a, uh, we have a, what have we got? I've got a TikTok or a YouTube or something about that, Chris, right? Mm -hmm. So we got TikToks about all kind of stuff. Talk about TikTok there for a little while. Isn't that a phenomenon? Tell, mm -hmm. tell them tell them a little bit about our our crazy numbers and our analytics and how things are yeah, it's, it's, it's changing the world. Um that we uh, we got a company to help us make these little short ones, you know, 25, 30 seconds to take clips of the podcast that we've produced already and put those on the TikTok. And at one point we were up like 1300% or something crazy, but it's been over a million views in uh, like 28 days. So, which by viral TikTok standards is not that big of a deal, but for a brand new channel that, um, has I mean, just we're, I mean, started. we're almost as, we're almost like Taylor Swift, aren't we? I mean, I, we're, you know, close, close. Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine texted me the other day that his daughter and some of her friends paid $1,100 for Taylor Swift tickets. Yeah. And I said, she could sing for me butt naked and make me dinner and I ain't paying that money. Okay. <laughs> it ain't happening. There's not a chance. 
Uh, yeah. they t Taylor Swift ain't never done anything good enough for that kind of money. I, um, I did you see my Facebook post about that? I don't believe I did. <clears throat> well, is it inappropriate? No, not really. This TikTok, I mean, this uh, Ticketmaster thing came out. You know, everybody oh. was all been out shape about Ticketmaster. Yeah. So I couldn't help myself. I it was like it was, it was it was before I left to come down here. So I got on there and I said, "Look, if this if if you're upset that Ticketmaster now is, is is so powerful and so greedy and so corrupt, let me tell you about this thing called government." Okay. <laughs> and then I said, "Maybe we can shake it off and we'll never ever ever get together again." <laughs> That's so good. Very well done. That's clever. Um Hummingbird, I'm getting ready to buy a truck. What is the best engine to buy, 12.7 or 34.06, and why? Well, I'm going to start. <laughs> okay, first of all, the best engine is kind of a... What's the best color? Right. Look, 34.06. flavor. Great engine. Uh, 6NZ, great engine. Uh, the, the N14, great engine, right? But the question is, we're in business. What are we in business to do? Make a profit. How do we stay in business, manage risk and manage cost? And the best way to manage risk and manage cost with a diesel engine is with a 12.7 or 14 liter Detroit series 60 older than 2007. Um, they are the easiest to maintain, uh, the parts are the most accessible. Um, I mean, listen, cat's been out of the, uh, on highway stuff now for what, um, 14 years, you know, um, yeah, maybe 12, 10 or 12. Um, the Detroit is a great fuel mileage engine. It's easy to work on. Um, uh, you know, yellow versus green, whatever. I, I don't care what your preference is. I mean, again, you give me a, pre we start talking about preference. Well, hell yeah. I want a W900L studio with a six NZ and 18 speed. If it's preference, but we're not in business, we're preference. We're in business to serve customers and we need to do that in the most risk, uh, the, the least risky and most profitable manner. And we're going to do that with a 12.7 Detroit more than likely in a Freightliner, Columbia or Century, uh, 99 to 2007, uh, uh, with 358s and a 10-speed overdrive or uh, 264, 267s and a direct drive 10-speed or a 13 double over. You want to add to that? <clears throat> let me re-ask re the question. Because I think this is this is the question he's asking, or well, should be asking. I'm getting ready to buy a truck. What is the best engine to buy? I'm getting ready to buy a truck. What's the least risky engine to buy so I can stay in business long enough to buy a truck in four or five years that has what I want in it because I can write a check for it? Right. That's the question you need to be asking. It's not, it's not. It, it doesn't matter what the best engine is. Okay. It doesn't matter what the best truck is. What matters is do what you can do to, 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 to take on the least amount of risk for these first few years and then go pay cash for it. And if that's a problem, then don't do this yet. 
Okay. If mm-hmm. one thing we haven't learned in the last year and a half is that you ought not be in debt to go in this business. Okay. Um, so um, the, the best engine to answer that question is the Detroit Series 60 because of all the things he just said. You know, easy to work on. You don't have to go to the dealership and stand in line. You don't have to, parts are readily available. You can get them worked on literally anywhere. Most of the time we can get one worked on while you're on a 10-hour break, you know. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's, that, that minimizes risk. That, if you don't have to come off freight to repair a truck, that minimizes risk. So it, it's not about the brand or it's not about, it, you know, it, it, it's not a trucking decision. It's a business decision. Therefore, it doesn't matter what the numbers are as far as the, in, the 3406 or 12.7 or PACAR. You know, what, what, what makes the most business sense is for you to take the least amount of chance here. And in our experience, and in our opinion, which is what this show's about, is our opinion and our experience, there's no question that the 12.7 or its 14-liter cousin is the way to go. And here's the thing, okay? You don't see us on Facebook complaining about rates and fuel prices. We have a fleet of them, okay? So there's a correlation there between minimizing risk, keeping your costs low, and being able to stay in business and make a profit even when everybody else is bitching and moaning. You know? We're, we're profitable. We're making money. We're not making as much as we did last year, but nobody is. But we're not losing money, and we're not parking trucks. We're not getting on Facebook going, I'm driving home parking. So I saw one the other day. Someone's deadheading from Pennsylvania back to Chicago and parking his truck because mm-hmm. he's mad at the industry, and he's going to show them. A, he's going to teach them a thing or two, mm-hmm. you know? Yet I saw one today. The guy was dead, deadheading 2,300 miles. Why? Because I gave him my word that I'd be there, and it's a direct customer, and I had no other choice, and dude was going to deadhead 2,300 miles. Now, maybe he'll learn not to go back to Washington State, but, you know, just think about the difference in attitude. You know, at 70 cents a mile, fuel cost, you know, 2320 times 0.7, that's $1,600 in fuel alone, not accounting other maintenance costs, wear and tear, fixed cost, variable cost. Just $1,600, bucks, you know. But just the difference in attitude. I'm going to eat this money to go serve my customer versus um, they're not paying me enough money. I'm on a deadhead home. Okay, well, go on home and shut up then. And park my truck, yeah. I wish you would park it. Probably had menace on the highway. There's going to be a lot. Listen, there's a lot of people parking their truck. Now, they're not saying that. Uh, Look at all the ads right now. Well, I'm selling this truck. I've decided to get out of trucking. Mm -hmm. No, you aren't. You can't stay in trucking because you can't make any money because mm-hmm. your business model is so bad that you can't stay in business. That's what you're really saying. You know, let's, let's, let's not bullshit each other. Right. All right. If you've got, if you bought a truck in the last two years and you paid 150000 or two hundred or $275,000 for these new trucks, there's no way on God's green earth you can afford to pay for that truck right now. And uh, that's why we don't do it. And uh, look, you can go out here and even the, right now, even with inflated prices, we can find these trucks for $25,000, dollars $35,000, okay? And so you can get in business for twenty five dollars or $35,000 and haul the same freight for the same rate and serve the same customer 
is going out here and buying one of these expensive ass trucks that will put you out of business because you can't keep the emissions running on them. Right. That reminds me, uh, if I can get my uh, computer to cooperate with me, I'm going to share a picture with y'all, not slides. Share screen. When I when you made me move from that other room into here, I left my bourbon in the other room. It's oh my goodness! That's that. I'm I'm so sorry to hear that. Uh, well, there it is. CDLLife.com this week. Uh, trucker won $245,000 in the lottery. Uh, plans to buy a new truck and take a vacation with quarter million dollar lottery winning. Uh, shoot, I don't have the link. I wish I had the link because it, it talked in there about, you know, he'd been playing the lottery for 20 years. Now, I would love to do the calculation on how much money he spent to get that $245,000. But all I could think of when I saw this, uh, this headline was, um, please don't, please don't take your 200 or take your, or put your $245,000 into a mutual fund for a couple of years and come over here and let me show you how to do this, uh, without going broke, because I figure what he's going to do is go on down to the dealership and pay cash, which is, you know, better than the other way. Uh, but we all know what the statistics are on people that win the lottery. Hey, he must be coming to Landstar. He's going to buy a new truck and take a vacation. <laughs> I thought about that too. That's what everybody comes to Landstar does. Okay. Let's go buy a truck and then. Beware the Landstar uh, early retirement plan. <laughs> Um, you know the the if you think about it, the Landstar free truck giveaway is basically the lottery. <clears throat> yeah, you don't have any choice; you have to take the truck. It's not like they're giving you the money. Wish they would. Yeah, I might try to win one of them if that was the case. <laughs> Jay says, "I'm sure Stole Mountain, which I guess is Lone Mountain salesman, would tell you the same thing." Larry just said. Well, yeah. you know, in full disclosure, I bought my truck from Lone Mountain. And I can't really say anything bad about them. You know, um, I mean, the price was probably too much, but, um, you know, it went like they said it was going to go and I paid the truck off and they sent me the title. Um, so I, I can't personally say anything bad about them. Now I've heard some stories, but you know, those come from truck drivers and we know what the, we know what truck driver stories are. So avoid all that either way. Don't go to Lone Mountain to get a truck. Well, it's not there. It's just don't don't go in debt to buy a truck. I don't give a right. damn where you buy it. It doesn't matter. But Lone Mountain seems, seems to be the favorite of people coming to Landstar for some reason I can't explain. <clears throat> but don't go into debt to get go into business. You know, <clears throat> I, uh, flying down here, <clears throat> I was thinking about this. We still have a problem here in that people think that buying a truck is not equate with going to business. You know, truck drivers drive trucks every day. 
Okay. Right. And and they 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 hate things about it, okay? And they think that the only way to make this job what they want it to be is if they own the truck. But there is a disconnect in their brains between buying a truck and starting a business. They don't put the two together, you know? Nope. You know, you if if you if you took trucking out of if 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 you asked them, well, won't you just go start, you know? I don't know, a restaurant. Well, I don't know about, about that. Well, you don't think about being in, in trucking business either, but you're getting ready to do it. Well, I don't have any money. You ain't got any money now. You're getting ready to go sign a lease or go to Sloan Mountain. All the same reasons that would keep them from doing a real business doesn't keep them from getting in this business. And then we yeah. wonder why 90% of them fail. Yeah, because they there's, think. There's this disconnect between them owning a truck and them running a business. They think they're just going to do things like they always did. You know, and it's, I've got bad news for me. It's not going to work out the way you think it's going to work out, you know? <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's, but well, because you, that, that logical fallacy, you think, well, I, I know how to drive a truck. That's all I need. No, that's 15% of what you need. You know, just knowing how to shift gears and back into docks. Everybody who's selling the truck right now because they're getting out of trucking knows how to drive a truck. Mm-hmm. They, that, that's not what put them out of business. They can't make any money with rates the way they are. And it's the rate's fault. It's not their fault. Mm -hmm. Okay. I bought a truck. I'm entitled to make a profit because I bought a truck. Uh, P. Cochran, where would you suggest I look for a trailer? Open deck. Facebook Marketplace. You know, same place you buy everything else. There's a covered wagon sitting at the Go Mart in Hurricane. It's been there for a couple of months, um, which I would, I mean, it looks pretty good. I, I walked around it. Um, looks like it's a 40 <clears throat> with a covered wagon set up on it. But, you know, I probably assume he's asking three times what. what I, I would, right now, if you were me, I would subscribe to the auction newsletters because mm -hmm. this stuff's going to auction. Okay. And you'll be able to get it for a steal there. That's what I would do. I, I would get Richie Brothers and all the auction places. Uh, just send them an email. They'll put you on a mailing list, and you'll get a, a list of every auction that's going on across the country and what's in it. That's what I would do if I were looking for a trailer. Yeah. Hey, look, the unfortunate truth is over the next 90 days, trucks and trailers are going to be on sale. Um, I, I expect the crash of used truck, especially used truck prices, uh, to be enormous. Um, well, we're seeing it already. I mean, it's coming down yeah. and you see these crazy asking prices. Those are, those are going away. And, um, and now people, you know, they've, they've stuck it out as long as they can. And now they're to the point where they don't have any other choices, you know, um, and, and they're going to get repossessed. That's where you're going. To, that's what you want. You want a bank repossession because they don't really. All they want to do is liquidate it because they're going after the other guy for the rest of the money. Mm -hmm. There's your steal right there. Is bank repossession. So now, these all, these walkway, all these walkway leases we hear about all the time, you get ready to find out what those really look like. Yeah. Okay. Run, Walk away. Run. We take the shit. We go sell it. And what we can't get for, we come after you while you're walking away. Mm -hmm. So. Rocky's got an idea to sell that lottery winner, a classic. Uh, <laughs> if any well, of y'all have got, I don't know, about $69,000 burning a hole in your pocket, uh, we've got a 2001 84-inch 
Classic <laughs> for sale. Um, and it's had everything done. Clutch, uh, transmission, rear ends, motor was just what well, we got about a hundred and yeah, a little eight thousand or something on the motor. Yeah, about that. Uh Pittsburgh power, everything. I think he put a radiator in it, manifolds, turb got a what <clears throat> non wastegated turbo. Old girl will run now. Um uh needs a paint job. But other than that, uh, super, super, super solid truck. So y'all hit me up if you uh, have a big pile of money. And I'll have it posted here, hopefully within about a week. I'm, I'm waiting on Dr. Bonecutter to get uh, his final uh, details detailed. And then I'm going to bring it up here to the house and take some pictures of it and get it posted. So classic for sale. Y'all come get it. It's the classic we've been running for about two years. And uh, Rocky owns the truck, and he's decided he wants to sell it and, and buy a couple of lunatic trucks. So we're just going to try to help him find a buyer. So yeah, 12.7 Detroit, 13 <laughs> speed, 350. Listen, the, the driver, last driver we had in that truck uh, got averaged well over seven miles a gallon in that truck. The last fuel up was over nine miles a gallon. So it's capable of getting good fuel mileage if you drive it right. Mm-hmm. It is a classic. So keep that in mind. Yeah, it's uh, it's I love it. I love, love, love that truck, but I don't have time to drive anymore. So, <clears throat> and Rocky, if you're still in here, is that thing 358s or 373s? I can't remember. I think it's three. Hell, I can't remember. He'll tell me. Um, let's see, <clears throat> Jason, people who paid 250,000 a year ago. Still owe 220000 on the banks are in trouble. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of people in trouble. Rocky says yeah. it's 373s in that truck, 373. And if they wreck those trucks, they're in deeper trouble because the insurance aren't going to pay it off. Hey, Truck insurance is stated value insurance. You can pick pay premiums on anything you want to. They'll pay only what the cash value is in the day it wrecks. And um, it ain't going to be worth that. You're going to have to pick that phone up so we can hear you. Oh, sorry about that. Sorry about that. Do I need to say that over again? <laughs> no, it was just a little faded, but I think Sorry. I, I look at my microphone here and I'm thinking I'm talking into it and I forget this my phone. So yeah. try to hold it, try to hold it like this with the speaker up and it, like you're holding a microphone. Like this? Yeah, that's better. Just off just a touch. I just look funny doing this. Well, you do look funny, but you know, these are the things. You'll, that we you'll have end to up do. making a damn TikTok out of this and it looks like <laughs> I'm eating my phone. Uh, yeah. Well, it's weird because it changes how you – that's that new 14, right? You might have to turn yeah. the screen towards you a little bit because it, it sounds weird. Why don't we agree to not have any TikToks out of this out of this particular episode, okay? Uh, okay. So. Well, I was actually wrong because now it sounds – you're going to have to turn it the other way or something because it sounds weird. How about this? Is that better? That's much better, just like that. Guys, we need a, pro- we need a professional producer, okay? Anybody out there want <clears throat> Could reasonably well, produce this I, show on the road. Um, we've 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 hit rock bottom the last couple of weeks. I mean, our shit's just turned. It's well. Listen, I I was on death's door last weekend too. That's uh, true. That's uh, true. I was not. I was not doing well. Uh, <clears throat> and then the two days after that, everybody he couldn't even talk. It was funny. The whole fleet was being run by uh, sign language. <laughs> Now, I don't have to tell you what the what the number one sign we got most of the time was. Yeah, right? yeah, there was a lot of that. Uh, Richie says, "Damn, I missed half the show. Can y'all start over?" No, 
you're just gonna have to go back and watch. Um, it's been a it's been a ride. Now, will you be back next Sunday, or are you still be in? Yeah, Florida? I'm coming back on Saturday. I'll be back home Sunday. So, all right, good. We'll be back in our normal. I got to clean up the mess you guys are gonna make all week long. So I figured I better get back on Saturday. So I got a day to do it for. Keep talking. Mm-hmm. Where you guys, you know, completely destroy the fleet this week. So. <laughs> Fortunately, it's a short week. Everybody's going home yeah. Thursday. So. Yeah, it's Thanksgiving week, so there ain't nothing to do. Can't hurt uh, too much in three days, I wouldn't think. So, <laughs> I was talking to somebody today. who was, I might have been a driver. Anyway, and I, I said, God, I hate holidays. And he's like, he's like, but holidays are a time to get together with family. I'm like, listen, we can do that crap on the weekend, okay? Yeah, let's, yeah. Just, let's just – we'll have Thanksgiving and Christmas on Saturday – and Veterans Day and this day and that day. Let's just do it on Saturday and everything's be fine. I hate holidays. Oh, well, oh, here that's... we go. Jay Sand has opened up the wormhole. Why is blockchain oh, going we're to gonna... destroy LTL? I thought we were getting ready to wrap up. I thought we were going to wrap up, but we're not. We're going to be here a while. So, okay. <clears throat> Here's my, that's my opinion which, you know, that it's worth what it's worth. You got to think about what the, what blockchain has the ability to do. Okay. So using an Uber driver as an example, all right. What is an Uber driver really doing? They're taking a asset. They already possess their car and they are being connected um, with a consumer that needs a service. So all it's peer to peer. It's connecting two people. One has an asset. Another person has a need. One person can take the, the need uh, or, or take the asset to, to meet that need. All right. Blockchain has the ability to let us connect localized freight less than a truckload. <clears throat> into straight trucks, sprinter vans, hell, station wagons, pickup trucks. Um, you had an Amazon delivery lately to your house? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't always come on a truck. Nope. I've had it from out of the trunk of a car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> now, we don't have that as much here, like in West Virginia. All my stuff is still coming, UPS, FedEx, and uh, U.S. Mail. But in a lot of the major metro areas – you're seeing people show up at an Amazon DC and they know exactly how much cubic space is in the back of your Honda hatchback. Right. Mm-hmm. And you show up and they fill you up and on your way home, you're kicking off packages. So it's that final mile, last mile stuff that is going to hit first. Now, is that going to cripple LTL? No, not so much. Here's what I think is going to cripple LTL. When if block if blockchain gives us the ability to s- essentially see inside a trailer in real time and know that okay truck's going from Chicago uh, from Charlotte to Chicago and that truck has X number of cubic feet available in the trailer and there's n- a non-exclusive contract for the rest of that freight um, and there's a transportation management system with some communication built in that. Hey, I'm driving from Charlotte to Columbus or Charlotte to, uh, well, Columbus, and I'm going up the West Virginia turnpike. Ding. One pallet off this exit. Oh, hell yeah. Let me, let me jump in here and grab that. 
you know? I mean, it that may be way, way oversimplified, but if you've ever stood on an LTL dock and the chaos that ensues, it, it, it amazes me that anything gets anywhere when it comes to LTL because it is a giant cluster and you got stuff flying every which way and trailers are coming in and going out and, 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 and if you go back and read the, and this is where I got this from was the box. Okay. The shipping container, what the shipping container did first was, um, got rid of shrinkage because every piece of freight had to be touched by human hands more than once. All right. It had to, it had to come, it had to be loaded onto a truck by hand. It had to be offloaded off a, a truck onto the dock and then from the dock to the ship and the ship to the tr dock and the dock to the truck and the truck to the thing. And so human hands are sticky, right? And they can also be incompetent and they can tear stuff <laughs> up. So what the shipping container did was you could take a container to the customer, load it up, secure it, lock it, put it on the ship, take it across the water, set it on the dock, set it on a truck and take it to the receiver and no human hands that didn't need to touch it have touched it. I think the same kind of thing happens with LTL in that you're still going to have <clears throat> multiple, you still have multiple people in it, but you're going to have smart contracts and you're going to have all kinds. You just, there's a, you do really have to understand blockchain and kind of go down the work, the wormhole here to really understand what the cap the possibilities are. But look, LTL is very expensive. And especially if you're talking with the LTL carriers that have all these legacy costs and the, and the, and the big union contracts, the yellow roadway, um, they are very, very, very expensive companies. And, but they're the only game in town. Who else are you going to use? So like the rate is what the rate is. Well, if I'm standing in a, in a little shop here, down the road and I got one pallet of widgets and I need to go out <coughs> and some guy will come and pick it up for 20 bucks or 50 bucks or whatever. Um, it's going to kill that cost. And when it kills that cost, those guys are done. It's over those legacy costs. They'll never survive and they'll be bankrupt instantly. <clears throat> so do you think I, you think I did that well? Or? Yeah, well, the unions are going to play a part in that too because all those LTLs are union, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and they're not going to stand still. And then the the other component of it, though, is is lack of trust. So the uh, a major component of this blockchain is the cryptocurrency that's going to be tied to it, mm -hmm. where there's no was no way that you can get in the middle of somebody's money. You know the right. the, the 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 transaction is secure. You know so. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and so Jay, I, I think I know what you're saying. His no body hauling one skid for 400 bucks, 1500 miles. Away. Doesn't matter because there's a bunch of skids going with it. Right. Right. So, I mean, take right now a 48, a 53 foot trailer can haul what? 24, 24 pallets. Okay. Um, 24 pallets. Um, okay. And we're getting 2000 bucks a day. Each one of those pallets has a value. Okay. Don't get wound up in just seeing how it works now. It's we're not going to put lipstick on a pig here. We're not just going to, oh, we're going to do everything exactly the way you did it before. We're just going to do it with blockchain. I think it's going to revolutionize and open up. It'll open up ways of, of shippers 
especially small shippers, to do things differently when you give them a different option rather than waiting on the FedEx, UPS, YRC, whoever, um, there will open up new opportunities. Um, but what you got to understand, the big thing, I, I think, again, opinion right now, and Craig Fuller's done a lot to change this with sonar, but it's, we're not there yet. But up until a few years ago, the only way you could forecast what we're going to do this year was to try to look back at trends of years one, two, three, four, five behind us. Right. We would look behind and say, well, here's what we did, and here's where the different variables, and, and so we'll try to just <clears> guess <throat> and see what to do this year. Blockchain gives you the ability to make decisions in real time, right now, what's happening today better than anything, any other sort of, of, of ledger system that's ever existed in all of human history. Right. So all I'm saying here is that I see that over the next three to five years, I would not feel secure at LTL. I, I would, I'm just saying that, you know, I would have another plan just in case this thing, because man, these bleeding edge things, I mean, they, they can, Larry can tell you when it comes to photography, when the iPhone showed up, he went, Hmm, I see what's happening here, you know? And it, and now look, I mean, not very many people really pay for wedding photographers like they used to, because everybody's got one of these. And what'd you say the difference in pixels was over your $10,000? This phone camera? right here is a 48 pixel camera. <clears throat> I paid about a thousand dollars for it because it's part of a phone. The best camera I ever had, now this has been 15 years, but hadn't changed that much. The best professional camera I ever owned was 12.9 megapixels. It cost me $15,000. <laughs> <clears throat> when it happens, <clears throat> it happens quick. You know, all it takes is one little thing to crack open the door and somebody goes, they don't go, I'm going to destroy LTL. They go, Oh man, that benefits me. That's better. Let me try that. And then it's, you know, well, and, and box is open. And you start looking at the inefficiencies of the industry. I mean, even beyond LTL, I mean, I think obviously LTL is going to feel it first, but look at all the empty trucks running down the road right now. Then there's freight on the, they're passing freight up. Mm -hmm. There's just no way of connecting them together. Right. Now, ELD solved the problem with connectivity to the truck. That's no longer the problem now. Right. Now the problem is connectivity to the shipper. Now, we talked to a guy, I invested in it. We talked to a guy, you know, that uh, about a year ago, I guess. You know, that's that's what's being worked on now is getting shippers involved so that they'll, they're going to participate in the system so that the trucks and the shippers can be put together. And guess what? All you guys that hate brokers, you're going to finally get what you want because it'll eliminate the broker model, you yeah. know, for the most brokers part. Brokers will cease to exist yeah. 100%. Now, that so, can happen before the LTL thing happens. Uh, but I mean, go back a couple of years. I interviewed Pete Emmerhauser from Tadmore Transportation, and he said, "I will not retire as a broker. Uh, yeah. It's not going to happen. It's going away. Um, and it's not going away because truck drivers want transparency, and they and they <laughs> and they want the right. That's not what's going to put them out. You know, don't no. take credit for this, all no. you black smokers, okay, and red hatters, all right? You didn't do it. Technology is going to do it. What's best for the customers? What's going to do it?" Right. Okay, because that's what it, at, at the end of the day, that's who pays the bill. That's where the rates come from, in case you all didn't realize that, not the broker. So, right. well, and let's think about, I mean, 
how bizarre would the idea have been in, say, I don't know, 2001, that, hey, some guy on his way to work um, is going to pick me up in his car and take me and drop me off. Where right, I need to right, go. right. What a, what a, what a, well, how am I going to talk to him and how can I connect with him and how does he know where I am and how do I know where he is? Bam, Uber. <clears throat> you know? Yeah. And so once the connection happened to where I had a device in my hand that could connect me to that service provider, mm-hmm. um, then, you know, then, then the taxi is over, yep. you know, um, yep. the, the taxi that only million dollar in- medallion in New York city is now worthless. Yeah. Worthless. Now the taxi still exists in New York city because it's a, uh, it's a cartel, you yeah. know, it's a, a government enabled kind of cartel. Um, but without that, uh, the yellow cab would be, would be completely over. Um, if not for the, for the state, um, all right, one more Jay. So a truck's, so a truck will ride around and pick up and drop parcels. That sounds like a mess. No, you're again, you're trying to take what you do and try to rework it. All I'm saying is think about the customer. Okay. Go into the warehouse. If you've ever done local P and D I've done a little bit of it. You back into the dock, you walk inside. Hey, there's Charlie. Hey, Charlie, how's the kids? Great. Doing good. Did you watch the game? Yeah. My guy won. All right, great. You just got this one pallet here, put it on the truck. And then that thing's going to go where it's going to go. Hell, it might go to Seattle. Hell, it could go to Tokyo. You don't know. And you don't care. You're just putting it on your truck. But you're the gateway. You're the only way that that pallet is going to leave that dock to get wherever it's going. All I'm trying to get you to understand is what if somebody comes up to Charlie and says, Hey, Charlie, I got a better way and it's cheaper. Guess what Charlie's going to do? He's going the cheaper route. Doesn't matter your legacy. It doesn't matter your brand. It doesn't matter. None of that matters. If and when somebody comes up with a better mousetrap and a better way to do whatever the thing is and do it cheaper. And this is all about connectivity. That's all this is about. Um, using the Uber taxi advantage before the iPhone and the Android. Um, there was no way for some random guy to know that I needed a ride and he could use his car to give me the ride unless I used this guy, which, you know, we all know, don't want to do that. But what did Uber do? It connected us all together and it gave that guy an identity and it gave me an identity. So I can't, I'm disincentivized from robbing him and he's disincentivized from like cutting me up and put me through a wood chipper, you know, because he wants to do it again and I want to do it again. So if I don't kill my Uber driver and my Uber driver doesn't kill me, Hey, um, beneficial relationship, um, and, and, and things born. So, um, and I think, I think truckload is going to change massively with blockchain, but I think LTL is at the most risk because look, you UPS, FedEx, YRC, ABF, y'all got a good thing going. You got good contracts. You got good healthcare. You got good money. All I'm saying is don't get too comfortable. 
because if it goes the way I think it's going to go, and hey, guys, I could be completely full of shit. But if it goes the way I think it's going to go, all the government regulations and union contracts in the world are not going to help you. Okay? So, um, uh, Hummingbird, is CSX going to strike, and what's going to do with the rate? Is there going to be a bloodbath? Uh, one, don't know, don't care. Maybe. Maybe CSX is going to strike. Who knows? They... <sighs> And what is it going to do with the rate? You mean if they strike? I don't know, man. Railroad and trucking, I don't know why there's so much adversarial um, <clears throat> angst between rail and, and, and trucking because, you know, they do some stuff we can't. We do some stuff that they can't. And then there's some stuff that we can both do. Um, you know, if this it all comes down to supply and demand, volume and capacity. If rail shuts down, somebody's going to have to hook to those trailers and haul them. That's us. So that helps us. So that, um, you know, that helps the rates. If, if the, if the available loads go up and the trucks go down, but that's what we're looking at right now is for two years, <clears throat> loads were up here and trucks were down here and the rates were insane. Well, now that's evened out and we didn't get a, we didn't get a Christmas time bump you know, because the warehouses were already full. Well, now we're starting to go the other way where there's too many trucks and not enough loads because the volume has fallen and that's driven the rates down. And it's not because the brokers are greedy. It's because the shippers want the best deal. Just like when you go to freaking McDonald's, you want the best deal. Wherever you're going to go, the shipper has control right now because they know that there's more trucks than there are loads. How and many so times have you seen a truck driver on Facebook advertise for something and I don't want to break the bank? Where can I get insurance without breaking the bank? Where can I get this worked on without breaking the bank? You know, they don't want to pay more than they have to, but yet they want every one of their customers to pay uh, some right. ridiculous fee. I look, this, I look at this uh, CSX strike as, as the same as a hurricane. <clears throat> it's a bump. It, it's a, it, for a few people, with my, my, I would not make plans for it to change your business model. I'd go about business as usual. If the rate picks up a little bit, great, <clears throat> but it's not going to be, it's not going to last long enough to make a big difference. And, uh, it's not going to save anybody. You know, if your business model is such that you need that bump to stay in business, you're not, you're not going to stay in business anyway. And the answer to your last question is absolutely. It's already, so we're seeing it already. You can call it what you want to, it's not the red wave like the Republicans were expecting. It's not like that, but it's a it's a continuous drip of people that can't continue to stay in business and do this business because they cannot afford to do it anymore. And it's not it's not a bloodbath in that we're going to have twenty five thousand people drop off in a day. But I get well, it's already happening. The number of uh, new applicants is way down. That number can be looked at right now. I reported on it a couple weeks ago. And then the number of people whose not whose uh, DOT numbers are going away are going down, and so it's it's just it's just going to, you're going to look up in a year and you're going to go oh damn man look last year in 2009 25 percent of MC numbers went away, and it, this won't be any different probably be worse than that. So mm -hmm. yes, you can call it what you want to market adjustment bloodbath is kind of a knee jerk thing that everybody started talking about when 
when this became apparent that the 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 capacity was going to could not be sustained um and then like any other news kind of thing that trying to to get everybody start up about it we're going to use these terms like bloodbath and carrying on <laughs> you know three three months ago we were, we were trying to find let's just call it something else i think we ended up on market adjustment didn't we market correction correct <clears throat> is what we ended up with so well um, I, you know but if you don't think it's happening look on facebook at all the trucks for sale now read between the lines retiring no uh going i'm, I'm not going to do trucking anymore you know that those you know that's the bloodbath one drip at a time so look we were all taught most of us were taught as little kids you know don't be prejudiced don't prejudge people don't you know but when i see somebody say the rates are down because brokers are greedy i'm like yep he's an idiot um <laughs> yep you're a moron um because you here's the thing you're assigning evil to someone okay um the the broker is the is is their customer is the shipper all right their job is to find a truck for the shipper that's why they're there the shipper says broker find me a truck okay broker posts a load looking for a truck hey truck you got a load over here all right shipper says um well i want the cheapest rate possible well here's the thing there was a time over the last two years that the cheapest thing possible was the highest rate in history. Well, guess what? That's over. Now the shipper is saying, get me the cheapest rate possible. Broker says, yes, sir. Broker goes out, measures the market, looks at the trends, posts the load, and you either take it or you don't take it. And here's what we're going to pay. And if you don't know what your minimum cost is, then you don't really know how low you can go because if you want to haul that load, it might be at a buck 30. It might be at a buck 75. It might be at two ten. whatever it is, but you can either take a load today <clears throat> for whatever, or you can sit there uh, with your thumb up your rear end and virtue signal about, ah, I'm not going to put up with it. Okay. Well then, then just shut up and wait. Um, and you know, Someday we'll come and get your skeleton out of the truck stop parking lot, you know, cause you've died waiting on $5 a mile in a $2 and 25 cent market. And, and telling other people not to haul that freight because they're pulling the rates down. That's ludicrous. It's nonsense. Okay? Yeah. If, if, if somebody else can haul it and make money, they're going to do it. I mean, businesses, look, everybody in this industry is in competition with each other. This brotherhood thing, that's just bullshit, okay? <laughs> Complete bullshit. There's no brotherhood, no, okay? None. And, and I mean, it's just a whole bunch of whores is all they are, okay? Every one of them is, all right? So uh, you're not going to get – listen, there was supposed to be 400 trucks last week in New York City. Oh, gosh. No, no. There Did was I not say that there, there's nobody would pay the, 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 the tolls to get in there? Four guys show up. Four trucks showed up at this – at this march you know four four and they told everybody in the press oh we're going to have 400 4, somebody said four thousand he oh, said right. two thousand that's yeah. what he said he went on the asian my trucker mother trucker whatever yeah. channel on youtube 
and said they were going to have 2,000 trucks go to Fox News in New York City, which I don't know what Fox News did. What, what the hell? Yeah, why there? You know, I don't know what Fox News did deserve uh, I went, that. I went, on, I went on the motherfucker podcast and said, they ain't none of them going to pay the tolls to go across the bridge, okay? I can tell you that right now, okay? So four so, people show up, okay? Four. And what's great about this guy is he went after his audience. This is your fault. It's your fault. You you I, I, I stuck my neck out for y'all. Y'all didn't support me. Y'all didn't back me up. I was sitting there laughing to myself. Oh, dude. Yeah. That, was, that was the most entertainment I'd had in a while. The brotherhood. Well, because <clears> I wasn't <throat> sure. You know, because, you know, the main media was. And I had to go looking for it. I, I didn't. But I knew it wasn't going to fall out of the sky. But I saw the Asian My Trucker video. And, <clears> and <throat> I, I'd really, I'd really like to know how many how many trucks showed up. And so I went digging around and I saw him. <laughs> oh, he was mad as hell. Four trucks. Not, yeah. he said, not 400, not 40, four. Oh, <laughs> oh gosh. Oh, <clears throat> just so good. Now, if y'all, if y'all wouldn't haul that stuff, they'd have to come up on the price. It, it, listen, yeah. you, that just shows your lack of understanding of how business works and how the economy works. Okay. It, it, that's not going to ever happen. You're not going to organize. You're not going to get a union. You're not going to get everybody to pull together and sing, sing Kumbaya. Okay. It's not going to happen. Everybody out here is out here for themselves. All right. And if they can haul that freight for whatever they're offering to pay, even if they can't, they don't know it, they'll haul it anyway. Most people don't have, don't have any idea what it costs them to haul freight. So best part of this is I just, I just figured <clears throat> out, uh, one, let's see, one hour, 29 minutes. Let me write that down. Cause that's what, that's the first clip going on TikTok. One, twenty nine, <laughs> seventeen. Uh, um, <laughs> Rich, said these guys bitching about the rates, about the brokers saying they're taking our money. Reminds me of the South Park episode where all the dudes are striking about foreigners taking their jobs. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, I could, I could understand, like, if you were chanting, the shippers, the shippers are greedy. Oh, okay. At least you're talking about the right people, but you're just punching the guy in the face that's next to you. You know, that's all you're doing, you know? Well, it's because they don't, well, first of all, they don't understand. They don't understand. They don't, they're in a business that they don't know, they know nothing about. They can shift gears and push, push on a clutch. And that thing, that, that qualifies them to be able to make this commentary. Okay. But, but they, they, they illustrate it themselves every day when they get on Facebook and they try to find, they try to buy something for nothing, mm -hmm. but yet they want to, they want to condemn their customers for wanting to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Oh no, you should listen. We sh you should pay an artificial rate because I own a truck and I'm entitled to make this. But when I get ready to buy your insurance, so you need to cut me a deal. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm not, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, <clears throat> oh, and, and Tyrod makes a great point here. And you, you made this very point. The last time they had one of these hissy fits a couple years ago, what is it? 70,000. Yes. Yeah, high sixties. Yeah. 60, 70,000 people <clears throat> go to mid America truck show. And it, it doesn't, yeah, exactly. There's and not, about, yeah. I've, I've that said year, that, that was the black smoke matters year. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, what was that? 2020, 20, no, 21, 21 was black smoke matters guy, uh, was going to go and, 
and they were going to surround DC. And of course there was like, I don't know, 12 of them went up there and got a Trump hat. And that's about all they got. Well, it couldn't have been last year because Trump wasn't there last year. It had been 2018, 2017. When did he get elected? 16. Yeah. It must have been 19. M- must have been, yeah. Must been. Yeah, it must have been 19 when he did it. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I, I think the pandemic or something was. Yeah. What's going on? Like, economics and stuff's really not all that hard to figure out. You know, I think a lot of you just need to get over the brainwashing that you got in the government school that told you you weren't <laughs> smart enough or worthy to figure this stuff out. It's not hard. It's just math. You know, there's some great books and great podcasts and um, it's just not hard. But you got to stop with the greed. Oh, it's greed, 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 well, greed, greed. And you got to look beyond the, the, the hood ornament, okay? Mm-hmm. That's the thing about the box. It teaches you that you're not the most important thing in the chain. Right. You know, there's everything's important. Everything affects it, you know? And this idea that it's all about me, all about me, all about me, that's, that's very, very immature. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Uh, Kelly asked, do you know if Landstar has lost any BCOs? Oh, absolutely. I know for a fact, cause I was talking to, I'm not going to say who, cause he listens to the podcast and I don't want to out him, but, uh, yes, um, they absolutely are. They absolutely are. And it's the, not immune. Okay. I mean, right. you've heard me tell the story that, you know, the most disappointing I ever was when I first came to Landstar and I saw that they really were just average and ordinary truck drivers, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, or worse, you know? And so, um, but, uh, absolutely. They're, they're, uh, like everybody else, you know, there are people that come, listen, the most people that come here, here's the thing about it. Okay. People come here, they hear the advertisement about, and they, and they, listen, they come to us the same way. Everybody that comes to us comes to us for the same reason. I want to be in business because I want to be my, I want to control my own self. I want to be my own boss. I want to do this. I want to do that and do that. That's why they come to Landstar. But they got to have a truck to come to Landstar. So they got to make a big mistake to get to Landstar. And that's buy a truck, going to debt, buy the wrong truck, don't pay cash. The first thing they do is make a mistake. And then they get here and they've never, ever had to work a load before. They've never, ever had, they've never been out there in the world without a mother before because they've always had one and as called a fleet manager. And they get here and there's nobody that holds their hand. So they got to get on Facebook and they got to get those morons to hold their hand. Okay. There's one on there today, Chris, 44 comments about it. Guys, I'm brand new at Landstar. I picked up my trailer today. Uh, all the loads I called about there, there none of them were any good. Did you see that one today? Yeah. Today. And so they come here and they, and, and it's like, gee, you know? Um, so what, what's, you, who, who do I call to do this? Who do I call to do that? they're looking for somebody to tell them how to do it. And it's completely the wrong reason to come here. You know, I've, I've said, there's a whole podcast about this. Do not buy a truck and come to Landstar. People think like, what? Do not buy a truck and come to Landstar. That is a big mistake. Mm-hmm. First of all, if you've never owned a truck before, the last thing you want to do is go and go buy a truck and come to Landstar. Okay. If you're going to do that, go lease on with somebody that will manage that truck like it's theirs. Cause that's what you need, but don't mm-hmm. do it at all. That's what makes our program so good. You can come here and drive our truck, not go in debt, learn the system, okay, and get really, really good at it in a year and a half. Then go buy a truck. Then you already know how to do this. 
But no, some people have to do it their way. No, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to do that. And, and that's why 90% of people who do this for the first time fail. Before all this, 40% of people who come to Landstar are failing the first year. So um, it, it's, it's a horrible idea. It's a horrible idea, you know, to do that. The, uh, and this is a perfect segue. SM asked, does Blue Ribbon still offer BCO mentoring? As a matter of fact, we do. Well, uh, well we, we do, but you have to understand something there, okay? BCO mentoring is not mothering, okay? <laughs> and you have to do, you know, you've heard us talk about the fleet, the, the fleet dude, okay? He, he came here for BCO mentoring, mm-hmm. and in two weeks he fired us because what we do is not a secret. What we do is just tell you how to work more efficiently, all right? And, well, I'm not going to go into all that. You can go back to listen to that, that episode, but yeah. uh, haters are going to hate, I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we, 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 will, we will dispatch and work with BCOs, absolutely. But here's the problem with BCOs. First of all, they won't listen. Second of all, they know it all, okay? I, we've had them come in our program. We won't, not anymore, but we've had them come in our program, sit right there at the table and sit there, and they, they've lost their truck, mm-hmm. okay? They're here trying to learn what they did wrong, and all they want to tell me is, well, that's not how I've done it for 25 years. And I've literally said, dude, if that worked for you so well, why are you sitting at this table right here? Why are you here in my class if what you did was so damn good, okay? So, you know, you have to be willing to listen, you have to be willing to take what we tell you and do it. And you have mm-hmm. to be willing to be held accountable. That's the number one reason. Yeah. Okay. The accountability part, because we won't let you bullshit yourself mm-hmm. and you certainly aren't going to bullshit us or, or, and you're, and you're not going to screw over our customers either. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We're not going to let you destroy our customer base. So, but yes, to answer your question. Absolutely. And we'd love to do it. If you really and truly want to learn, and want to improve and want to do things right. But, you know, that, that has not been a highly successful part of our business um, because of the, and mainly because of the accountability part. Yeah. Now we've had three or four, you know, come through. I've still got some guys that I dispatch for. There's some guys on this podcast right tonight that, that have been here that have renewed. We do it for six month periods. We, um, there's a guy on this podcast right now that's in his third um, renewal. So yeah. obviously it works, but he listens. He's really good, as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. about listening and doing what we say. So we've got a few of those. But for the most part, um, they don't last long because they, they won't listen. And they don't really want to do the work. They want, to, they want to come here and find out what our secret is so they don't have to do the work. And they're disappointed when I find out that that secret is, well, you got to go to work, you know. <clears throat> uh, John asks, how does a forced dispatch company driver come up with the cash to buy a used truck at 35 or 40 K asking for me? <laughs> uh, well, good place to go when you're broke and that's to work. Um, now I'm going to tell you the reason that I went down this road in the first place in 2010 was because I needed to make more money. And I assumed incorrectly that the only way for me to make more money was to own a truck. Um, but that was not true. And it remains to be not true. Um, if you, if you want to make less money, go buy a truck. If you do it the wrong way. 
Um, there are opportunities out there. You may have to specialize yourself a little bit. You may have to go to a different company. You may have to learn something. You may have to get a certification. You might need to learn to pull a flatbed or a tanker. Um, you may need to make yourself more valuable as a company driver to get your income up. And then obviously do something like maybe go through the Dave Ramsey plane. If you've got a bunch of debt, um, but, you know, we offer, you know, we pay, a, we pay, our pay is competitive in the market, um, but it's tied to rates. So when rates are down, our driver pays down. And when rates are up, driver pays up. Um, but yeah, you need about $40,000 cash if you want to buy a lunatic truck and get it ready, get it on the road. Um, but <clears throat> well, same yeah. way anybody else would do it. Get to work, I, get I, your debt paid off. You, hey. He lost his connection. So <clears throat> and he can't hear me, <laughs> which is awful. Um bless his heart. Um, you're gonna have to reset your phone, but he can't hear me. He can just look at me. Anyway, uh gosh, where was I talking about? Um anyway, John, yeah, just uh there he is. Okay, gotta turn your video off. Turn your video off. And there you go. Now we can hear you. Sorry, I must have hit something here. So, John, and I'm not being a, a smartass. The only way this works is you have to live on less than you make. <clears throat> That's how you save money to go pay cash for a truck. That's also how you get out of debt <clears throat> and how you do anything except continue to work as a forced dispatch company driver until you're 65 years old because we as Americans don't save money and they don't have right. savings. They don't have investments. They don't have retirement. So the, 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 the bigger problem here is you, you, and, and it, and it's a sacrifice. Okay. But I would get in the Dave Ramsey program tomorrow and I would, uh, and I would, um, you know, look at your real hard at your situation and do what you got to do to, to spend less than you make. Uh, it's a, it's a, it is a foreign thing, uh, mm -hmm. in this country, especially to our government. Um, <laughs> but it's what you have to do. You have to spend less than you make. Now, like Chris says, you get a side gig, do something to, to raise your revenue, but you, 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 you got to cut costs as much as you can and then save the money. And that's that's how you have to do it. There's no other way of doing it. If you go, if you try to circumvent that and go borrow the money and go into debt, to start a business, I guarantee you, you will fail. Okay, yeah. ninety percent do. You're not going to be the one out of ten that doesn't. Okay, uh, it's just not going to happen. So, and the other thing to remember too is is same the same principle applies in business. Um, you know, increase revenue, decrease expenses. Well. Increasing revenue in business means working more and working more comes at a cost where saving money, you get to keep a hundred percent of every dollar that you save. So regardless of whether or not you raise your income, every dollar that you save is 100% in your pocket. Now, if you can specialize or side gig or, or whatever it is, or, you know, figure out how to pull a different kind of trailer at a different kind of company, you know, and get your income up $20,000 and you keep your, um, 
your expenses to what they were or lower, guess what? In two years, you got forty thousand dollars. You know, if but, you if you go into business by going in debt, <clears throat> you will fail, and now you're set back even further because now you've probably got a bankruptcy and you certainly got a collection, and so you're better off just staying as a company driver. There's there's no automatic assumption that you're going to be an owner operator. Okay. The way to do that is to save the money so that you can go into bit prepare while you're saving the money, by the way, prepare yourself because there's lots of skills for running a business that probably you don't have right now. And now's a good time to get them. Okay. Yep. So take your time. Don't be patient and save the money and get the, get the, the skill set and then prepare to go in business. Not just, Oh, I'm just going to go buy this truck and, to what it's like. I'm going to try this. How, how many times have I said, I'm going to try this owner operator route? Well, no, you're not. No, you're not. You're sticking you your toe in the water. Okay. You don't try yeah. that. You do it or you don't. Yeah. There's no commitment there. I'm just going to try this. See how it works. Yeah. Right. I, I got one more. We'll bring this up and we'll close it down. Uh, Luke asks before y'all finish, I would love to hear y'all's opinion on factoring companies because I for sure have some nice words for them. <laughs> <laughs> uh so yep. luke is a luke is an impressive young man 20 years old 21 very very young running a fleet um and 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 has learned some hard lessons we had a good conversation with luke last week um well here's the thing it, it kind of is like the broker shipper thing like are they evil no they have a purpose and um so do heroin dealers <laughs> <clears throat> look they, it, no no they are evil they're 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 they they're they payday loan of the trucking business and there is absolutely nothing good about them uh, and again it goes back to the same thing luke if you can't wait to get paid and you're going to give away the profit off the load to get cash the the, the pro that's the problem is you not them Right. Okay. You, you can't, you can't work and scrounge your, the, this, this, this industry as a whole top to bottom fleets all the way down to individuals runs on about a one and a half percent net operating profit. You're given twice that away, at least to a factoring company that will put you straight in the hole. Okay. Yeah. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Just go straight to friggin' jail. Okay. There's nothing good about it, all right? It, it's, a, it's a cash flow problem. Businesses that have cash flow problems don't stay in business, all right? The way to do it is not giving your profit away to get paid today. You got to be, if you're going to get your own authority and you're going to play in that big sandbox, then you got to have the money to be able to wait 90 days to get paid or never get paid. Yeah. Okay? That's part of the risk. That's why we don't do it. That's why we tell most people, do not get your own authority, Okay? That's one of the reasons why, because you're going to give all your profit away to a factory company because you can't afford to wait and get paid. Now, you lease to a carrier, you're going to give away some of your money because you know how you know, Landstar takes 35% of money. You know what never happens? I get paid every Wednesday, okay? Yep. I don't have to pay a factory company. I don't have to go chase anybody. If Landstar never gets paid, I get paid. So you got to weigh all these. That 35% sounds like a ton of money to start adding up all the things you get for it. And right. then you start, if you, if you really know what the cost of business is, I, I dare you to try to match it. I dare you to try to do what they do for 
And it's really not 35%. We've proved over going to 29%. Oh, Lee, <laughs> Lee said if owner operators could manage their money properly, factoring companies wouldn't exist. Absolutely. Ooh. Absolutely. No question. I tried to be nice about it. So, you know, I don't, I'm not a nice person, especially when you've taken me out of my bed. My bourbon's in the other room. Okay. I'm in Florida. I, I'm not in, I'm not in the pool. I'm here talking to you on the damn radio. So, yeah. Well, <clears throat> hour and 47 minutes. Let's go. Let's so he can get back to his bourbon and uh, we'll see everybody next Sunday evening at nine o'clock. Always <laughs> fun. Uh, listen, I didn't have to do this tonight. I could have had Chris go solo, but. It's uh, it's no, look, it's it's my it's my commitment. My, I'm I'm being held accountable here. Okay, so the whole thing's gonna be worth it for that about four minutes right there at one twenty nine. That's the first thing going. Is that gonna be a TikTok? Oh, it's going. That's going maybe tonight. Probably, <laughs> great. probably tomorrow. Great, great, beautiful. So uh, guys, we'll see y'all next week. Listen and uh, and have a great week. And y'all, hey, have a very 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 happy Thanksgiving. Hope you can spend it with your family. If not. You know, um, do the best you can. If Players you're a Landstar person, come see him. If you're a Landstar person, you can get your Thanksgiving dinner paid for if you'll go on to Landstar Online and print a coupon out, okay? So, yeah. All right, guys. See you next All week. Right. See you next week. <clears throat>